0: Going on, guys. Charles Morop, aka The Handsome Home Buyer. We got a special podcast episode this week. If you haven't already joined my text platform, you need to join it. I'm doing a ton of one on one engagement in there, talking real estate, construction, Section 8 rentals, you name it, real estate development. We're talking about it. 516 871 3511. I put out a text a couple weeks ago. The first six people to respond to me got to do this one on one vlog podcast thing that we have going on right now. So I have six of the people bunch of great questions bunch of great feedback bunch of great dialogue hope you guys enjoy it thank you like and subscribe leave us a couple comments all right and we are live and we're live on IG. look at this tech savvy a pulled spring bottle a phone and uh, some stream yard what's going on guys welcome welcome My name is Charles Morab, a.k.a. The Handsome Homebuyer. We know this, a.k.a. Captain Permit. We know this, a.k.a. El Julio Maravilloso. And we're going to try something a little bit different today. So I get inspiration on my 5 a.m., my newly 5 a.m. bike rides. I go out there 5 a.m., which is miserable, absolutely miserable. But the good part is I get to slim down because I need to get back to my pre-grad school, 160 pounds, carved out of granite, looking like Michelangelo's David with a bigger dick. Um, but during that point, I also get to kind of listen to podcasts and get really cool ideas. So during last week's spike ride, I come up with this idea. I'm like, you know what? Let's get people together on the text platform. And if you have not gotten on the text platform, it's a free text platform. Everybody that is on this live stream right now is in it. They hit, people can hit me up every day, all day asking questions. I get back to people myself. It's not a bot. It's not somebody in the office. It's me asking anything real estate related, construction related, property management related, whatever that might be. Uh, I'm here to help you guys out. And I really appreciate the feedback. I also get great uh, content ideas from you guys, which is super helpful and really great for the ecosystem and uh, and helps everybody out. So what I did last week was uh, I put a shout out text through the platform saying, Hey, listen, I'm looking for five people who uh, want to come on a live stream and essentially get eight to 10 minutes just to chop it up, ask me any questions they might have about, you know, real estate, anything real estate related, and uh, we want everybody out there in, in Atlanta to obviously be able to listen. So uh, I'm gonna post in the comments section what the uh, text platform number is. You can also go to my IG; it's in my stories right now. Uh, someone that's in the chat, if they can just pop it in there, this way you can go there, you can join. It's free. Ask me any questions, and then probably once a quarter. I'm going to be doing something like this, and I'll put out a blast, and the first five people that jump on are going to um, be able to do this. So got five gentlemen today, um, all different walks of life, different experiences, levels. I don't know anything about any of them, so I'm looking forward to getting to know them individually. We're going to do like a round robin s type of thing where um, – Each person is going to kind of go for about eight minutes and we're going to go back and forth and then we're going to go from person to person and work our way through this over the next hour. Is this IG thing working? Bam, this IG thing is working. If you're on IG and you want a better picture, you can go to my Facebook. You can go to Captain Permit's Facebook, Handsome Homebuyer's Facebook, uh, my personal Facebook or YouTube, my YouTube channel. It's popping off right now if you want to watch it on your phone or computer so with that said we're going to bring in our five fabulous guests first one is ebby not eddie ebby jafari what yes, up eddie. you got how's it going you got a good head of hair too bro you got your you got that thank silver fox thing
1: going on thank um, you it's just being old that's nah how old are you <laughs> i just turned 40. that's not old bro i'm uh, 41. that yeah.
0: means if you're old i'm very old and i'm not ready to be old
1: yeah no, yeah, I mean, uh, beside the jokes, I mean, some people like it, some people don't like it. I mean, I kind of like it. So,
0: dude, I would take Appreciate any hair that. right now. We got my Appreciate man that. praise Emmanuel, who I don't know where he is right now, but he is there. We got we got Nikolai. Hi, right, how's it going? We got Mosin, and we got Mike, whose audio is hopefully working. Yes, it works. Yes, I can hear All you. Right, cool, 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 awesome. <laughs> hey guys, I appreciate it, boys. Um, If everybody can just so we're gonna start up with Ebby and we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna rock and roll. If uh, the rest of you guys can just mute, so we don't get any crazy background noise. Let's uh, let's rock and roll. And let's start talking some some real estate here. So, Ebby, talk to me. T- uh, give us first like the sixty second overview of who you are, what you do, what your real estate experience is what you're hoping to get out of, uh, the next, uh, 45 minutes of madness.
1: Yes. Uh, I came to the States in 2009, right. Uh, right in mid, actually June, June 28, 2000, 2009, right after the recession. Mm-hmm. So I got lucky. I found a job uh, as a tech little English. I had to go through, you know, the ESL classes every, every weekend, uh, Finally, I got my ESL. I got my things. I went to school. I got my master's degree uh, to Stony Brook as operation management. So I kind of uh, came up a ladder until like, 2016. I wanted to buy a house, so I started you know, doing research and stuff. Got my real estate license. Uh, I started, I think, uh, with Element in Stratucket, Nice. Uh, as an agent, also yeah. I bought the house. I was also got interested into invest investing and investment. And um, I bought my first rental in 2018. Um, you know, it wasn't the best experience. You know, the first one, bad tenants, you know, all the, the stories. I mean, I think I, I texted you once. I said, you know, I dealt with the tenant that didn't pay and then ended up dead in the apartment. I had to call the, you know, call the police and the CSI come in and all the things. You know, the dog was dead for three weeks. The place yeah, man. turned into, yeah, shareholder. I mean, it wasn't such a bad experience, but it was all fun. So I was with Element and I did with Colbert Banker for a while. Um, uh, you kind of jump around with different brokers to get more experience. And that's not my full-time job. I mean, I'm a service manager for a Japanese company right now. Okay. <clears throat> but uh, that's my side side hustle and, you know, kind of fun. Nice. Uh, looking for investment properties, doing maybe fix and flip, uh, stuff like that.
0: So what what is, um, do you have a certain strategy you're looking to do? You're looking to do fix and flip or rentals? Um, have you done outside of that one deal? Have you done any other deals since?
1: What are you doing now? Um, no, I have not done anything. I mean, the, the past year or so, um, I, I've worked with buyers and sellers, but okay. nothing for myself. Um, uh, you know, obviously family, friends, mostly, um, I've done the deals up to like, you know, waterfront $1.7 million in Westchester County, you know, smaller co-op and condos, $80, ninety thousand I've done like all, you know. Different price ranges for for people, but not for myself. So I'm looking to learn more about you know fix and flip. Uh, I have um, the the private lenders right now set up, pretty much you know loaded and ready to to go ahead. But okay. finding deals recently has been the 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 problem with me. I mean, the past few deals that even I went like full asking or foreclosures. Uh, they always say, came up and say, "Oh, there's somebody that you know is offering above asking." I was like, "Okay, oh, how do they make money?" Like, it's impossible. Like, you know, I went with my contractor. We look at it. You know, we we, I, I, we thought we gave him a good deal. You know, a good offer, but even with that, like, you know, somebody came up with okay. you know, 10, 20, whatever, 50,000 above asking. And yeah, for the past year or so, it's been very hard to find any deal that we can secure uh, for fix and flip. So that was one of my main questions. Okay. And how do you find a deal that makes sense? All right.
0: So let me ask you this before. How much, like how much, I know obviously you're, you're a real estate agent and you've been transacting as a real estate agent as well. Um, do you, have you gotten a lot uh, or any formal training on fix and flip at all? Like, are you, are you very comfortable? Because there's a couple different things. A, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you guys like the real down and dirty truths of, you know, real estate, the market, dealing with agents, you know, finding distressed properties on the market and off market and whatever, whatever questions you guys have. Um, but you have to make sure that your numbers are really tight because in a very competitive place, like like long Island, if you're not, if you're off with your rental numbers or you're looking to make more money than like the average person is looking for, or if your cost of capital is significantly higher, or whatever, and you're in a competitive market, you're, you're going to get blown out because your numbers might be off. So how. Know how comfortable are you with your construction numbers with your construction team? Um, are your lenders giving you attractive rates that make it possible to be competitive? What's what's your team look like?
1: Uh the lenders that I I work with, uh, one of the investors that I worked with in the past, like he he recommended me to this lender. and because I haven't done any deals with them, obviously, I don't get the get the best rate with them. So they're kind of conservative with me. Who's the lender? Uh, uh, uh. I think uh. Oh, forgot the name. Is it Rock Rock Point or Rock uh, something Capital? Okay. So um, what, it's um, it's Ricky it's Rick. So it's I think it's Rock. Uh, okay. Yeah, so basically,
0: so so let me ask you this question first: If a great deal falls in your lap tomorrow, do you feel confident that you have the funding and the ability to close inside of let's say a two-week period? Yes. Okay. What I'm going to suggest to you also just at the onset before we get into like the deal stuff is this. So I haven't bought a house that was listed on the MLS in probably four out of my six years in the real estate industry. So that's, that we'll get to in a minute. As far as your lenders go, you want to have a diverse group of lenders that you can go to. Right? I never really worked with institutional lenders until very, very recently as I'm looking to expand to do 200 plus houses next year. So what I would do is raise private money. I would put together a um, a private lender pro forma that had thir- certain things, and I have videos about this. I can forward them over to you. This is like this is vital because this is going to enable you to have money at your fingertips very quickly. So like getting a great deal, a lot of getting a great deal has to do with having the ability to close fast with little aggravation. When you're working with people that can supply you with deals, you want them, you want to treat it as an experience. You want to make the experience so pleasant for them that they don't want to go anywhere else. Even if they can get more money, they don't want to go anywhere else. Because the simple fact of the matter is, it is very difficult to find guys that deliver for all the bullshit, right? For all the people that are like, I want deals, I want deals. Super hard to find guys that convert, do what they say, and are quick. So- And I'm happy to help you out with this. You want to develop a private lender package so you can start pitching normal people. Like my lenders are anywhere from kids I played freaking PAL baseball with to guys that own hedge funds and everything in between. And the great thing about that is this. When COVID hit, I had a ton of money on the sidelines with these people. And I bought 17 houses in March when COVID hit because those private lenders, like the one you're speaking of, didn't have any money. They, their credit lines got frozen. So you don't want all eggs in one basket. Plus, a lot of those people, if you've never worked with them before, they have heavy fees, the rates are high, appraisals, it takes them a month to close. Nobody wants to deal with that. I can send an email and close on a deal the next day. My buddy calls me up, yo, you want this house? Yes. I email one of my lenders. Hey, you want to fund the deal tomorrow? Yes. Call up Brian Melnick, send the group email. I have all the attorneys in place. They send the wire, done. So that's like a vital part of your infrastructure, right? Um, And forgive me if we don't actually get to the deal part with you, because I know that probably everyone's going to ask about deals on here. So we're definitely going to talk about deals, but I want to talk about other stuff that people don't think about. So now think about the rest of your professional team. What about, so this is what I want you to do. I want you to go out there. Here's your, here's your, your homework, right? And I'm going to email you the framework for the private lender package. I want you to put together the framework for the private lender package. And then I want you to start having conversations with people. All right. I want you to put posts out on social media about you know what you're doing. And people will start reaching out to you. But there's a lot of people out there with money and you're a, a very valuable commodity. There's a lot more money chasing yield than there are people like you and the rest of the people in this group that can actually make the money. So what I want you to do is I want you to put that framework together. And then I want you to actively interview three different institutional lenders, right? And I want you to get their term sheet, their rates. I want you to see how long it takes them to close, what the ancillary fees are, Is it a recourse loan? Is it a non-recourse loan? And I want you to build the financial backing so that when the deal comes, you're ready and you have like a staple of people to go to for money so you feel comfortable pulling the trigger as opposed to pulling the trigger and then being like, holy shit, where am I going to get this money from? Um, The second thing I want to ask you before we wrap this up and then move on to to praise is... um, what does your construction relationships look like? So we took care of your money? Great. We got the house. Great. Who's fixing this house?
1: i uh, I built uh, I finished my basement, you know a year ago. So I interviewed a lot of people and I worked with a lot of people. and you know, I started like you know getting like electricians, you know these one, two three. I picked the, the top three from that projects and I interviewed them. You know, got estimates, and I did a couple of other works with them. After that, you know, I recommended to a few people. I got their feedback. So right now, I am in a position that I have a good electrician. I have a very good plumber. Um, I have a very good uh, general, like a contractor or handyman, can do little things here and there. Um, you know, the mason guy, I have a very good guy if I need to dig something. I have a guy that can come in with, uh, with his backhoe and, and Bobcat. So, uh, I kind of put put the team together. I haven't done a lot of work with them, but I've done a couple of times in a couple of different projects with them so far.
0: Okay. So let me ask you this question. How many hours a week do you work at your regular nine to five job?
1: 40, 50 hours. Okay.
0: Then how much time do you spend every week working with buyers and sellers to, to get them houses?
1: It's mostly during the weekends and, and after, you know, after okay. five or six o'clock.
0: Do you honestly believe that you, and, and this is a real question. Do you honestly believe that you're going to have time to literally GC your own flips while doing all of that? No way. Okay. Maybe so, if I
1: do one one or two a year, maybe I can, but not not going to be, you know, okay. if I wanted the quantity, I definitely not.
0: So the third thing that you have to do before we jump to my man, um, praise is, you need to start interviewing general contractors and you're going to get yourself three good, solid general contractors. And you're going to do that by, believe it or not, like I'm going to make a video about this tomorrow, going to local churches in certain areas and asking the pastor, you know, who do they have that's a general contractor, getting referrals. Because again, the deals we're going to get to at some point during the next 40 minutes, 50 minutes. But if you don't have these other components in place, it's going to be a nightmare. You know, Preparation is like 95% of it. So I want you to private lender package to start talking to people. Go out there and um, get three institutional lenders and at least one of them, if not two of them, be locally based so they understand the market so they can move quicker versus like a finance of America that's huge and, ba- and owned by Blackstone, but they don't know Long Island from, from anywhere. Um, and three... You need at least two to three general contractors that you feel comfortable with that can help you with the construction costs and budgeting and more importantly, run your jobs because it does not sound like you have time to run these kind of jobs. Is that fair?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: All right. So, um, let's get back let's go to my man praise. And again, obviously through the text platform, any questions, but we are definitely going to get to the deals. I promise. Thank you. I appreciate right? that.
1: Thank you. You, you. you know what? You're like, uh, Elon Musk for me, you know, I I watch all your videos, I follow you every day, you know, look at your stories to see what's going on, everybody has a a role model and you're my role model, I appreciate the opportunity. No, that's beautiful, man, and
0: thank you. That really means uh, more than you know, and obviously you have access to me through the text, through DMs, through anything, Um, I'm always here to help. Really, don't be afraid to reach out, I mean that.
2: Thank you, I appreciate it. Praise! Hi, uh how's how's everybody doing? Um
0: What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Give us the uh the 30 second rundown on who praises good. and how you got that headset because I need something. Like
2: that. <laughs> yeah, all right. So uh I'm a recent college grad from uh Binghamton University. I have a degree in economics. Nice and uh on the but I'm not necessarily using my economics degree because on the side I do um like I code and stuff like that, like build websites. I start I, I taught myself how to do that. My last semester of college and um but you know long term what I want to do is um real estate and the strategy I'm actually trying to adopt is um fix and flip strategy. Okay. And right now, you know, um I set a goal to buy my first flip this quarter. Okay. And so far I haven't really done any off market like marketing and anything because of you know i know it costs money to do that you know so ca- what i've kind of been doing is i've been like on zillow like targeting for sale by owner properties um yeah pretty much for sale by owner properties and i've been able to f- like get like three solid leads but it's just you know the yeah, price point was kind of high because i'm kind of working with i'm, I'm kind of working with investors and you know it's like like w- when you were telling evie like oh your team your team your team it just made me realize like, you know, I'm not, you know, solid because it's like, I, I just rely, okay, if I find a deal, I'll bring it to the investor. If he likes the price, we partner with it and, you know, he bring the money, he do, he does that, he does this. So it's like, you know, I'm kind of like, it made me realize like, wait, I'm kind of almost taking a shortcut because I'm not even, you know, getting my hands dirty. I'm just relying on the investor to say, the price is good. And then boom, I, let's do the deal. But so far, you know, I haven't been able to you know, lock up any of these deals and.
0: The- all right. So let's, let's back it up for a minute because you, you said a lot of really interesting things that we can kind of touch upon. So essentially what you're like, all right, I, and this is a little bit crazy and nobody, nobody wants to hear this. And I tell this to people all the time. And I'm sure if you guys watched any of my videos, you would, you would know, you would know that what I'm going to say, I trained with Carl Chavone for like three to four years before I ever did a deal before I was even ready to do a deal. And then it took me a year of making offers every freaking week to get the deal. Now, praise, how old are you? You look like a very young guy.
2: (laughs) I'm 22.
0: Okay. So dude, I didn't even know what real estate was at 22. (laughs) Like I didn't do my first deal until like 33 years old. And I was training for like four years before that. I know you want to get into it. I know you want to make money, bro. You have so much time. It's crazy really invest the time in education because i promise you i use this analogy if there's if there's a 10 year block and you want to do 300 flips in 10 years you could spend you you could spend 4 years getting education and do 300 deals in the next 6 years and crush it and make a ton of money or you could try to just do deals out of the gate and then not and, and not even do you know 25% of that and lose money and have a rocky road and it'll be a lot harder. It makes sense to put the time in up front to get the education. A second thing is if you're looking to bring these deals in if, if you're like you're not wholesaling you're looking to bring the deal in to partner with somebody uh, because they have the money, right Yeah all right yes very important thing. remember I said this money is the easiest part of real estate investing. If you have the deal that makes sense, getting money is easy. there's no reason for you to give away half of the of the profit to somebody else who has the money and more importantly there's no reason for you to give away half the control to somebody when you've done all the work up front and they might not know what they're doing either like you know what i mean
2: yeah so the
0: important thing is for you to get the education so that you could do it on your own now just in regards to wholesaling because here's the thing i buy houses i flip houses to buy rentals because rentals will change your life, you change, change your kids' 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 lives. It doesn't matter how you get the money to buy the rentals. Are you interested in buying rentals or you just want to do flips?
2: No, uh, yeah, exactly what you just said. I want to use the fix and flip to fund rentals like apartments and stuff like that in the future.
0: Okay, so here's the translation, right? The translation is you just need money to buy rentals. Doesn't matter where it comes from. Could be from building an unbelievable uh, marketing business, doing websites, whatever it is, right? So just make sure that you really love fix and flip. Don't do it because you're like, oh, I can make money and it looks sexy on TV or whatever. If you really love it, like I can't breathe without it. That's why I do it. So just make sure you love it. If not, I, all you need is money.
2: I mean, I do like it because, you know, my, my dad, he used to own a construction company back when I used to live in Nigeria and just growing up around it. I just, you know, really like, liked it. So it's like, that's why I don't really want to do wholesaling. because. You know, I, I don't like it, but okay. like fix and flip, you know, design stuff like that. I'm really interested in that. That's why I'm like just heavily like going for fix and flip and not oh wholesaling or the other like avenues. But the long term goal is to buy um you know rentals.
0: Okay, so just understand that yeah, you can. Another important thing with the education is like I buy rentals with none of my own money and then refinance them and have none of my own m- money in the deal. If you learn the structure of how to identify and build value within a rental, you can get into deals with no money in your own pocket. You can raise the money and then renovate and then tenant it and then go to a traditional lender and they're gonna refi you out up to 75% of the value. And just as long as you there's a spread there, you could take all the money off the table, give it back to your investors have 25% equity in the deal and be cash flowing every month and then just keep repeating the process. So that's why like the knowledge is so powerful because with, with you don't even, a lot of times you don't even need your own money if you can find a good deal and you know how to identify it. Right.
2: Yeah. In, in regards to the education, I actually signed up for um, East coast RIA and, nice. I, and I I did like a um, complimentary coaching call with Carl. Cause yep. you, always, you always talk about him. So, you know, so right now, in terms of education, so I'm kind of working on that. But I was, you know, I was looking to, like, just push forward and just get it going. But, you know, like what you said, like, take some time to actually, like, learn it so I don't get, like, burnt out. And I actually do have one one question. Sure, yeah, like, hit me, Like, two questions. So yeah, I know there's going to be, like, a wave of... When the ban is lifted in September, there's going to be, like, a wave of foreclosures, you know? So how how could I, like benefit from that. I know it's it's gonna be a lot of deals coming out. Like how could I, you know, eat from that?
0: All right. So the ban. I mean if I was guessing and I'm not always right, I don't have a crystal ball, I don't think the ban's gonna be lifted in September. Uh, I think it's I think with the current administration, I think it's gonna get pushed again probably into next year. Wow. You know, same thing with like evictions. I don't think they're gonna be evicting people until like next March. And I don't think they're gonna be able to do foreclosures. They are actually doing foreclosures right now. Um on vacant properties, so they are auctioning off vacant properties, and auctions, um, is au- auctions is is one model of getting um, getting deals, but you really have to be doing like thirty or forty different things consistently well all the time to get good deal flow. But you can actually be going to auctions now. Um, in Nassau County, they're not having them so much. In Suffolk County, they run all. The- are you familiar with the auctions and how it works?
2: No, nah, nah, that was part of the questions I was I was going to ask as well too.
0: Okay, so let me let me leave you with this. So, and your thing, what you know, your homework is, and I, I want to, you guys to kind of report back on me on to me on how this stuff is going. Is um, so there's a couple different auction providers you can go to. First of all, there's online auctions. Do you know about that?
2: Yeah. All
0: right. So Hubzoozomeauction.com.
2: Yeah, I, I know auction.com.
0: Auction.com, HUBZU, H-U-B-Z-U, Zome, X-O-M-E. Now, also, um, there's a company called Long Island Profiles who sells the lists of the auctions that are coming up. And as well as Property Shark generates every... And you could sign up for... I believe they have a free account. Property Shark um, generates lists every single week of the properties that are coming for auction. So I want you to go and check out those sites. I also want you to get familiar with the auction setup, you know, in Suffolk in Nassau it's one day, that's it, every week. Tuesday at the steps 11:30 whatever it is. In Suffolk there's more opportunity because they go off all day every day, but they go off all over Long Island. So it's like Babylon can have one at like eight thirty, then ten o'clock, then two o'clock. Then there's one going off in Brookhaven. There's one going off in Islip. There's one up in Huntington. So I want you to get more familiar with how auctions work. Who you have to make the. Ch- uh,
2: we kind of, I kind of lost you there.
0: I want you. I want you to get. Um, and I just put a video out about this also about auctions one hundred and one. If you haven't seen it. I want you to get familiar with the auction process because it is actually a very powerful tool. One last tip I'll leave you with before I jump over to uh, Motion is online auctions, bid. Bid on every friggin' house. Bid on every house that you want up until your number and don't worry if you get blown out because what happens a lot is this. People get buyer's remorse and they back out. So I bought a house not that long ago on an online auction for $225,000 where the winning bid was three thirty-five, dollars wow. because everybody above me dropped out and then the bank came back to me. Wow. The thing that makes it even crazier is the person that was living in there who got foreclosed on had a new husband. When I talked to them about leaving, they wanted to buy the house. I sold it, I sold it back to them. <laughs> Wow, four months later, I never went in the house. Wow. Bananas bro. So That's check out crazy. the online auctions. do that. Um, keep in touch with me on the text platform and we are going over to Mosin. Mosin,
3: Hey Charles, how are you?
0: I'm good, man. How you doing?
3: Great, great. Good to have you on the show. Good Pleasure. to be here
0: man. Good to be here. Give me the uh, give everybody the 30 second overview of who you are, what you do and uh, what your experience is in real estate and what you're looking to get out of this uh, next eight minutes.
3: Hey, by the day, I'm a banker. I'm a corporate banker, at Citibank, and that's what I do at the day. But on the side hustle, I'm a real estate hunter. Uh, I bought, you know, my, not my home, but I bought my house for my dad, my, you know, my brother, we got him. Uh, But last year I bought my first rental property. I worked it, I rehabbed it and finally got it out, you know, I rented it out. I, nice. am uh, you know, all did it by myself, I usually buy, you know, tend to focus on foreclosures, uh, all of the three houses that we bought, or foreclosure, even the last year that I bought before even COVID hit, uh, it was a foreclosure, bought it uh, never, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of GCs. And uh, I try to learn it, you know, try to do it all by myself. And, you know, I did it. There was a lot of, you know, things I learned, you know, town of, you know, Deer Park, Babylon. I worked with them. I know they're kind of slow, but you have to talk to them. I really enjoyed it. You know, working with those people who really can't hear you, but unfortunately, they are the best people to work with. They yeah. will get your things done. Uh, you know, I had, you know, one property rented. I'm looking for the second uh, property to rent it out or probably looking for a next to, you know, rent.
0: Okay, so you're you're a corporate banker by day, and you're basically looking to acquire rentals, correct? That's what it is. <coughs> All right, perfect. So, what um, you know, what are your main pain points right now? Uh, are you renting to cash tenants? Are you working with program tenants? What are you doing?
3: No, I don't do Section Eight. I just, you know, uh, I have a B, you know, B to C class rental in Deer Park, which I bought, okay. and I gave it to a, a nice family, and I'm just getting, you know, uh, rental on it. How many bedrooms? Uh, it's three bed and two bath. What are you renting it for? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, I'm renting it about for twenty five hundred.
0: Okay, so, okay, perfect. So you're renting it for three beds, one bath. Yeah, but um, I
3: rented them out last year around you know June when there was like nobody was willing to even pay the you know payment on a rent. At least I got a really nice tenant in, and that tenant is yeah. paying actually.
0: No, that's a win. I mean, dude, that yeah. in itself right now is is absolutely huge. So before we get into this. You, I don't know if you, I put out a bunch of videos about this. Uh, I actually just put one out about, can you find, did you see the one about rentals? Can you buy rentals on the MLS?
3: Yes. Section eight in Brookhaven. I actually, I'm a huge fan of yours. I've never missed a beat. You know, I know you Charles by day. And then on the side, you're a handsome home buyer. Yes. I know. I, I know you walk. I know I'm kind of spying on you, but this is the fun, you know, we learn a lot from you, especially me. Uh, I have okay. other mentors too, but I listen to your podcast or, or things a lot though.
0: Thank you, man. That really means a lot to me. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to uh, to be able to help. So and, and
3: I think this platform, I really want to use or probably use your help to find the next rental. You know, section eight is good, but I think I want to have a variation in my portfolio. I have one rental <laughs> in Suffolk, really looking for something in NASA, just, you know, looking for your tips and kind of other things to, you know, educate me and tend to look, you know, for other things. Okay. So Hit
0: me. So the first thing I just want to make sure is you make sure you're underwriting the. I mean, you're a banker, so you have a lot of experience in this. But you're underwriting these deals correctly with uh, making allowances for vacancy and capex and and everything else and maintenance management fees, all that stuff. Correct. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Great.
3: So, but you know, what's up? You know, I just don't do hard money lending. I just go to regular conventional, you know, fencing. That's what I do. So far, okay. I haven't done any hard money lending.
0: Okay. So hit me um hit me with the pain points what do you you know what are your main pain points right now what are you looking to learn what can i what can i do to help you get to the next rental
3: sure you know the the property that i bought was you know last year in february where numbers were fine you know but with the covid everybody's you know buying houses that they're paying tons of cash when yeah. i sit down to do my number it's a 70% it's like it, it, the num- my numbers are not where you know, it should be, and the prices are just very high and I just don't want to, you know, buy a ceiling price. I'm looking for something, Hey, you know, most intent to focus on these things. Yes. The numbers are, but what should I do in, in this market to acquire a property below the market value?
0: Okay. So there's a bunch of different things and that comes in. Let me ask, I'm going to Mike, do me a favor. You don't have to get on. just raise your hand. Are you, is one of your main concern where to get deals from? All right, good. That, that's all I need to know. Because so we're gonna really hit this home with 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 Mike at the end. But um, all right. So here's the thing. What are you more concerned with as an investor? Because everyone's idea of a good investment is different. Are you looking for more cash flow, more equity? Do you want a market that appreciates more and you'll cash flow less? What what are your What is your Do you have investment criteria for a rental? Like what are what are your markers to tell you it's a good deal or not?
3: Uh, I'm really looking for a cash flow. I just want at least 200 cash flow. And then over the years I would just want to have a nice equity on the house. Okay. So
0: when you say the $200 a month cash flow, what what ROI is that? What what what's your cash on cash return that you're it, looking for?
3: You know, minimum 5, you know, or the max is 10 12 on a,
0: on a- Okay. So minimum 5%. Do you do you want to create do you want to have equity when you buy it or you're not so concerned about that?
3: Yeah, a little bit. You know, equity is fine, but later on, five years or ten years down the road, I want to have equity on it as well. If even if I want to sell it, at least I can get a little bit of money out of it too. Okay,
0: so it sounds to me like you're more concerned with taking money that you're earning in your in your uh, nine to five job and putting it to work safely in something that you get, you know, tax advantages of, and um, you know, you're making money, but you're not you're not looking to make huge returns. Like you're not looking to right. make. 12, 15, 18%. Correct. You, okay. You know,
3: my money is stuck in the bank too. It's not getting yes. anything. So let's say if I put it in a house, at least I'm getting a cash flow. And then later on, 10 years, if I sell it, at least I'll make something on it and, and, and I'll learn something.
0: How many properties ideally? So, how many properties ideally a year are you looking to buy
3: and at what price point? You know, my goal last year was to add one property every year to okay. my portfolio. So right now I'm 30. So by the time I'm fifty, you know, I'm ready to retire. I will have fifty house, I mean fifteen houses, and that will kind of you know give me a cash flow to you know, send the kids to college and something like that. So just thinking it loud, you know, these yeah. are the plans that I have.
0: No, this is great. So all right, for somebody like you, believe it or not, really easy to find deals if you have you know, the, the time to kind of like put it in search because you're not looking for like massive returns there. There is some restrictions with doing rentals in Nassau. I have a lot of rentals. I have like about a hundred rentals at this point that I've bought over like the last three or four years. Um, like two of them are in Nassau because the prices are really high and the taxes are really high. It just, it's tough. It really is tough. Suffolk County is a lot more, is a lot friendlier and the, um, the rents aren't really even that much lower in Suffolk than they are in Nassau. So you might want to look a little bit more into Suffolk. But for somebody like yourself, so it's very important, in my opinion, to have access to information. You can comb the MLS and find the deals that you're looking for if you have access to it. You might want to consider becoming a realtor. Like I wasn't a realtor, I but I had I had access to Stratus, to the MLS, so I would sit there for Hours at night, combing through, and I would set up drip campaigns. So every day, even now, I see the new deals that hit the market. Hit the market. If you're doing that every day, and you're looking for kind of like a sweet spot, and I'll give you an example. Let's say you want to buy a house for like three hundred thousand dollars. I would search houses up to like three seventy five, something that's like a little bit higher than what normal investors would look at, but low enough that it's like close enough to your strike point and if you put together like an Excel spreadsheet where you could quickly analyze these things, buying one buying one rental a year for you just off the MLS, assuming you have access to all those deals is gonna be a cakewalk. Very yeah. easy. You don't have to for somebody like you with your investment goals, you don't have to do anything other than comb the MLS um, at night and get the get the updates every morning. And work with like a good realtor. Oh, here's the thing I'll tell everybody that'll go into it. If you're trying to get a good deal, most likely, you have to go to the listing agent. Period. You can't use another realtor to put offers in for you. You're gonna get blown out of the water. Cause I'm gonna be friends with the listing agent and they're gonna be like, yo, Charles, I need you to come in at like a thousand dollars over this thing. And then I'm gonna get the deal and you're not gonna get the deal.
3: Yes. And you know, for the past, you know, one year I've been following on Zillow, Redfin, I just contact the the listing agent and i tell them i don't have a a agent can you represent me as a seller and the buyer agent you know let me know what i need to do you know my strike point is no more than 400 and then minimum is 300 that's decent you know long island price uh especially in like new high franklin you know square it depends what neighborhood though so i'm really striking for you know nasa so i have a portfolio one house in suffolk one in nasa and then kind of you know once i get more then you know i'll be like you one day but no, here are a massive amount of rentals. <laughs> <laughs> so what what
0: I'm going to leave you with is don't sleep on Suffolk. I would really like you to have a little more focus in Suffolk. I think you're going to get better deals. I really would encourage you to potentially get your real estate license to have access to Stratus and the back end stuff to get better deal flow. Um, this way, you have quicker information coming to you, and I guarantee you, you're going to uh, you're going to go and get those deals. Great. Thanks, Charles,
3: right. for all the Listen, advice here.
0: I really appreciate you. Definitely stay in touch. I want to hear about what you're doing. Um, we are going to Thanks. Nikolai.
4: Good afternoon.
0: <laughs> the I'm man Nikolai. with the with the magic hair.
4: Yeah, I see. <laughs> um, so I was born in New York City, and and my parents uh, actually came here as immigrants. And I, at 10 years old, I got moved, I moved to Suffolk County. So, and I love it here, you know, Long Island is like beautiful and, I, you know, well, generally Suffolk County, uh, the closer you get to the city, it just gets worse and worse. But, but, uh, you know, other than that, it's, uh, I'm, you know, I'm still in school. I'm still in high school. I'm 16 Jesus. and uh, I'm going to be 17 this year.
0: Be a plumber, dude. Best no, advice no, I can give you: be no, a plumber. No, no, it's, be I'll, a plumber. Be a plumber who does real estate deals. If I could go back, I would be a plumber. Keep going.
4: I, that's 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 already that's past. That, that, that's it's too late now. <laughs> I mean, I could look into it, but it's really not my. Thing. <laughs> um, so what do
0: you What are you looking to do in real estate?
4: Well, I would like to, you know, like amass rental properties and starting, you know, starting at nineteen and twenty. Um, maybe one, one or two deals every year and, and, you know, accelerating after that. Okay. But the thing is, I would like to get in, uh, into the real estate industry, like as a real, you know, as a realtor in the beginning, a okay. uh, while I, I might go to college. I might not, it depends on my, um, like depends on my decision, whether I should go to the military or not. And but the thing is, I would, you know, I would like to become a realtor. So, you know, I could get more familiarized, like with them, you know, with, with everything everything involved and you know i would like have hands down experience aren't just like selling like whether you know you're selling houses so if i were to create a product or any or anything that i needed to sell like or try to convince somebody of it would help me in that field um and it also you know helps me socially because you know you just talk to people more and you know you you just interact with people and then it's just, if you have a, like an idea or some sort of, you know, or a point of view, you can present it better. It's just, it's just the experience and like, like what I want to get out of being an agent is going to define me like later on as a real estate, as a full-time real estate investor.
0: Okay. So I guess let me touch on that real quick for a second. That's a great thing. You're super young and listen, you can make a butt ton of money being a realtor. <laughs> and use that to buy investment properties. There's a, there's a gentleman out there you may or may have heard of named Brian Carp who sells over 200 houses a year. Brian and I are basically playing the same game. He plays, he, he sells 205 houses a year. I flip 70, 80, 100, 110 houses a year. We're both buying rentals with that money. Um, being an agent is an awesome profession, man. You can make a ton of money. You can have freedom, but it is a very, very difficult. Uh, I recommend that at the beginning and, and most brokers don't do shit for you. Like, there is literally like a handful, less than five brokers on Long Island that are that really have any kind of training at all. So there's two things you could do at the beginning. You can go to a great broker and sacrifice the money for the education, which isn't a bad idea. Um, or you could go where you're going to get the most money. Or you do one and then move to the other. You go and get the training, but just don't go to like your regular run of the mill, um, you know, Douglas Element, Century Twenty One, etc. Because you're not going to get it. Somebody young like yourself, handsome with a good head of hair. Um, if I had to recommend the perfect training ground for you as a realtor, it would be Dan O'Neill's team, bro. You know Dan O'Neill? No, never heard of. So go to go find Dan O'Neill. He's a realtor with Signature Premier. He started. He's a powerhouse. The kid is the. Fa- he's 27. He's the face of real estate. He started three years ago. He's got a team of like 12 young, handsome ass and beautiful people. And his training is as good as it gets. His agents get 30, 40, 50 leads a month coming in to work with buyers that he pays for. He has meetings every week. He is the role model by which I think every team leader or broker should be um, developing their people. So um, that's what I would really... I would really recommend, and um, you could do really well with it. But it is, there's a lot of opportunity, man. There's a lot of opportunity in being a real estate agent. There's thirty thousand realtors, but only two and a half percent of those thirty thousand realtors actually really do well.
4: All right, all right, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I actually like saw that Brian Carp podcast, like you know, in one of your podcasts. I don't know if you created more than one, but I definitely see one because like. You know, because like that's like one of the interests. Like you know, the like the title of the the YouTube video. You know, is just like a yeah. you know, real estate agent, or you know, this guy sells like two hundred thousand. I see his like sign all over the place. Yeah. So
0: follow, definitely follow him, and definitely follow Dan O'Neill. Those are the two. Those are the two one hundred percent to follow for sure.
4: All right, awesome. Um, I do have some questions actually that I brought with me. Hit me. And this is you know more into like the flipping and. I was just curious, like, more about the flipping aspect of houses and uh, I want to get into, like, just learn a little bit more of, like, how the construction and everything else works because I don't really know much about it. So, um, I'm always, like, my parents, like, always say, like, with rentals and stuff like that, no, none of the tenants ever pay or anything. So, I would like to ask you, how how many, like, what's the percentage of your tenants that actually don't pay?
0: Every one of my tenants is paying right now and has paid through COVID. And there's a number of different reasons why I give them a really nice product. We take care of them, like the gold that they are. Millie, who is my rental agent, does an unbelievable job of screening the tenants based on criteria that I give her and just her street savvy of knowing who's going to pay or not. And I also do a very large volume of, um, section eight CDC or program tenants because Those people are much more likely to pay through these situations. You might get a little bit less rent, but as a landlord, you don't make the money necessarily if you're holding for cash flow on getting the maximum rent. You make the money on the people never leaving. That's what it is. Cause even like if I'm getting 2350 and somebody else is getting 2500, the average cash tenant leaves every two years. The average section eight or program tenant stays 11 years, 11 and a half years. So because of that, you're making more money. Um, If a house is, if somebody moves out, you're going to have to paint, you're going to have to do this. You have to clean it up. Maybe it's vacant for a month or two or three while you find the right person. Any, any Delta between what I'm getting and what you are getting is gone. So. There are a lot of really good paying tenants out there. There's a lot of really good cash paying tenants out there. I'll give you another tip also. If you're going to rent to somebody who's going to pay you cash, use the three times my three times the rent net rule. So, if you're meaning if you're going to rent somebody a house for $2000 a month after taxes, they have to be able to prove to you as a household that they make $6000 a month. If they don't make $6000 a month after taxes, And you're charging two thousand dollars a month. Do not rent to them. They're not going to be able to afford it. There's going to be a problem, and you're going to be screwed. All right, hit me with another question.
4: Um, so what is the usual time frame that is like is your preferred time frame to getting a single family house flip done? So you know, because like you try to limit like the amount of months that you have to get a flip done, so you could. You know, yep. so you don't have to spend that much, you know, all the expenses every single month. So what yeah. is your preferred time frame?
0: So when I run my pro forma, I budget for a six month cycle. So six months close to close is my cycle. You know, right now it's a little bit tougher with, um, you know, labor shortages and material and stuff, but I budget for a six month cycle and, um, we can do a full gut renovation in approximately eight weeks. So that's literally everything new in a house, seven to eight weeks, ready to go. So we buy the house. You know, we file permits before we get the permits. We go to work, let's say two or three weeks into it. Eight weeks later, it's done. It's on the market. We get an accepted offer. It's under contract within 30 days or less. It's 60 days to close. We're in and out in six months or less um, generally. As the market adjusts right now and you have issues getting material and labor and stuff, you might have to budget for a nine-month cycle or an eight-month cycle or a 12-month cycle. But typically, it's six months. Hit right. me with, hit me with one more before we go to big Mikey on the end. Um, <clears throat>
4: uh, do you like to, uh, when you like, when you build new construction houses, I actually seen like the, like the latest, one of the latest videos, like where you compared the new construction with yep. the, uh, with like just flipping. Yep. Yeah. So, so when you would, when you're hiring people like to fix up your, you know, your, their properties, would you, or build new properties? Do you like to specialize like you know like you know just like you know hiring a plumber or you know or hiring an electrician or is it better to have a general contractor do majority of the things like what is your like in what scenarios and in in, in your opinion would it be uh like what would you choose yeah you know, like okay you?
0: so when building a new house it's one's not better than the other it's a matter of you personally and i'll give you an example like you know Ebby is working 60 hours a week doing all this other stuff. He's not going to have enough time to GC a job and, you know, go out there and put bids out to three plumbers and three foundation guys and three framers and three insulation guys and three HVAC guys and three roofers and three – He does not going to have the time to do that. He's not going to have time to make sure they show up, check the work, do all of those things. If he also may or may not have the knowledge to know what he's looking at, Right? So it's all a matter of you, your experience, and how much time you have. If you don't have the knowledge and you don't have the time, you can make a lot of money with a GC. Just you have to understand that the GC is going to charge you a fee and you have to negotiate that fee beforehand so that you know how to budget that. And then you're just going to take that off the top. So if your maximum allowable offer was $300,000 to buy this piece of land, then you know the GC is going to charge you $30,000 you're either going to only bid up to 270 or if you were supposed to make X amount of dollars in profit, you have to be willing to take a little bit less money, but still be in a safe deal. So one's not better than the other. It's just a matter of what works best for you, um, given your level of experience, your connections, and how much time you have. Um, I'm going to let you hit me with one more because you got really good questions and they're undeal related. And we're going to end up just hammering deal stuff for more than 10 minutes with Mike? I know that.
4: Um, if if in any scenario you would be dealing with a tenant that doesn't pay, do you have like a lawyer on standby or like how do you deal with the court system? Uh, but I know in every county it's different, you know, like because like some counties like more, uh, you know, pro landlord compared to Nassau and the uh, boroughs. But, you know, like, yeah, you know, what is like the general, like the general layout of what you would
0: do? So I have uh, an attorney that I use for evictions. His name is Eric Habib or AKA Eric, get the fuck out Habib. Um, and Eric specializes primarily in, uh, in evictions. The, the The thing with evictions is this guys, the minute you smell a problem, don't be nice. Start the eviction. If they end up paying or whatever it is, and you get back on track. You can always stop it. But the First micro sign of somebody not paying. And I mean, to the letter of the lease, if they're 30 days past or whatever it is, you file that thing. You don't want to be three months, six months, nine months into it and then realize, shit, like I'm screwed here. And now you have to get into the eviction process. Act fast on the evictions. Hit, Hit me with another one, man.
4: Uh, you kind of already answered this in the previous, you know, uh, I think, uh, you were talking to praise about this one, but, uh, what is your future? What do you think about the market in the future? Like, uh, other than, you know, you said, uh, you know, the administration is probably going to extend the, the moratoriums and everything, but what is your like long term? Like what is your five
0: year or yeah, two year and five year like
4: projection like,
0: of what would happen? What, your of, what opinion? of what the market's going to look like, like values and shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So I mean, I I can't say so. This is what I believe. And again, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, I did to pat myself on the back a little bit, uh predict um a recession of some kind in two thousand at Q4 of 2019. I was a quarter late and I had no idea COVID was gonna ransack the world and even know what the hell COVID was. But there's cycles to things, right? And when you learn about this stuff, you learn that there's major recessions with eight year recoveries. And minor recessions with two year recoveries. That's what we're in right now. Uh, I think the market's going to be great this year. I think the market's going to be great next year, and probably great the year after that. I think, you know, four to five years from now, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, we're going to have a really freaking bad recession. Typically, what um, governments do is they come in and, like with what they just did, just fill the world with money, which essentially stops us from going into a really bad recession, but just kind of sets us up for what's going to be a really bad recession down the road when you just can't stop it anymore. So the good news for you is this, you're young, you have a lot of time, get the education, get ready. Because if you spent the next three years really learning, get your real estate license, started making some money, you could be 20 years old, knowing everything with a ton of connections, the freaking world goes on sale, and then you just start buying stuff. Also, one last one last thing before I go to Mike. Never get emotional about a deal. Never feel like you have to buy because the market's going up. The market goes up, the market goes down. It's not emotional. If the numbers make sense, you buy it. If the numbers don't make sense, you don't buy it. It's that simple and that easy. All right? You got a lot of time. You got a great head of hair. I hope you hold that forever. Um, I'm going to Mike. Nikolai, stay in touch. You're the man, bro. You're a sharp kid, and I have... uh. I have a lot of hope for you. I think you're going to do big things. Oh, yeah. I
4: actually uh, just like to leave on this good note. Um, you know, my teacher, Mr. Halen, Ken Halen. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. I texted you, you know,
0: like. Oh, so shit. Ken Halen's the man. Yeah. Was I, was I in your class? Did I speak in front of your class two years ago or no? Uh
4: No, I wasn't there. No, not two years oh, ago. Okay, I was Different one. I was, yeah. So, yeah, just this year I had him. But I actually had him in seventh grade, but I had him this year in eleventh grade as well uh, for the first half of my year. But, but you know, he told me about you. That's how I, that's how I, uh, con- you know, figured you out.
0: That's dope, man. That's cool. I'm glad you did. And, uh, keep me updated on everything you're doing. All right, Mike. Hey Charles. Thanks for having me. Dude. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it right. now. Um, give everybody the 32nd, uh, overview of who you are and what you do.
5: Yeah. So my name is Mike Plakter. I'm a CPA, uh, ten years of commercial real estate experience, nice. and I'm looking to transition to be a real estate investor. Uh, that's my true passion. And really, I need to thank you. Um, you know, you had that event last year, the LLS event, and it really, I don't know what it was, whatever clicked inside me to really start taking action. Nice. Um, and you know, I was attending East Coast RIA for about a year before that. I got involved with that through uh, Ralph Rivera. Nice, my uncle Ralph. I'll go out. He's the best.
1: I love it. So he Uncle introduced Ralph. me
5: to Carl. And um, so ever since that event, something clicked and I just started uh, taking action and I'm coaching with Carl now. Um, i really learning a lot there. So that's great, man. Well, thank you for that.
0: Dude, um, very smart. Very, very smart. He's the best. That guy took me from literally yeah. not knowing a thing about real estate to like everything I'm doing now and beyond. Yeah, he's the best. And, and like to
5: get into some of the things he really preaches is uh, building out your network. That's kind of where I wanted to go with this as far as building uh you know a deal pipeline and, and really getting deals is I come to the realization it's really about the network more than it is like marketing and whatever, like the hot you know tip of the day is. And um, so I kind of been attending some like open houses, not necessarily looking at properties, just to meet the realtors. And one of the, you know, for example, uh, I met a realtor and ever since that relationship uh, was started, I she's been sending me deals like pretty consistently. So what I'm trying to do is, um, I need to just I need some advice on networking, like to just build out a team of people just like her, uh, and that's kind of you know where I was going with that. Is, is any tips you have on building out a network of uh, realtors just like the one you know? I only have like one or two so far, so I'm really trying to build
0: Yeah, so awesome, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about all things deal related now, if that's cool. So, uh, very smart. Here's the deal. I I built. A, a big business off of primarily relationships. I didn't spend any money on marketing and advertising for a very, very, very long time. It's only recently now that I want to get into like that disrespectful 200 plus house limit that I'm really starting to like spend money on marketing and do all that. So the network is hundred like percent. If I go back at the end of every year and I quantify all the deals that I took in, the overwhelming majority of those are based on relationships without a doubt. So what you want to do is you want to build relationships. Now, I am 41. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. And building relationships takes a lot of time. It's inexpensive. It doesn't cost you any money, but it it takes a lot of time. So my first question to you is, I mean, how much time do you have? Are you married? Do you have kids? What's your, your status?
5: Yeah, I'm married with a kid um and, and work a lot. So it's very difficult. Okay. And I, you know, I, I'll wake up early. I do whatever it takes. i wake up early, work on the weekends, go to open houses on the weekends, whatever it is. Um, maybe during lunch breaks, call people and network, you know. I'm doing a lot, but yeah, I only have so many uh, hours in the day to do it. So
0: we're gonna talk about deals in general. We're gonna talk about, you know, networking and, and just meeting people. So you you have to be out meeting people, like you have to set a goal for yourself. You know, maybe I can go out five nights a week. So I can meet more people faster than you, but you know what, like you, you have a different kind of life and that's perfectly fine, but you have to set a goal for yourself. Hey, listen, I'm going to go out one night a week. I'm going to go out once every two weeks. Let me just tell you some stuff I did on the networking front and then we'll get into all the other like, um, like ninja deal strategies after I would go on. So social media, what, what platforms do you have?
5: Instagram. Um, I have a Facebook. Um, I don't really use it that much as much as I should, but I do have an Instagram.
0: Um, okay. LinkedIn.
5: Yeah, I have a LinkedIn account. All
0: right. So everybody on this thing and everybody listening needs to have every social media platform going Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, you name it. Right. And you like what I would do is I've met a ton of agents by literally like I would on the weekends, if you can, go out to every open house possible. Bring your investment criteria and a business card. Shake the realtor's hand, introduce yourself, say, hey, listen, my name's Mike. I'm training with Carl, this, that, and the other thing. I'm buying properties. I would love to work with you. Here's my information. Then I would take their card. Then I would go home and I would stalk them on social media and I would friend request them and I would, in a not so creepy way, I would wheel, like kind of weasel my way into their life. So they were constantly seeing me and hearing from me and all that. Take him out to coffee, hang out, have a good time. But here's the most important thing. They're going to like you because you seem like a very likable guy, and they're going to send you a deal. And you have to get back to them right away and tell them if you love it or hate it and why. Because there's That's nothing more frustrating for a realtor for someone who sends you opportunities, and then they just you just go ghost, right?
5: Yeah, she said. Like I have a, I have a realtor who's sending me really good deals. Like some are off the market, and you know we're really getting into the you know, nitty gritty on these things and analyzing them and sending out pretty good offers. And we're missing on a few, but she is sending me like really good deals. So
0: yeah. So so you just you have this model, and now you have to replicate it. So you want to go to realtor events, you want to go to investor events and investor meetups, you want to do something like. Bro, start your own podcast, dude. Start your own podcast. You could do it on StreamYard. It's cheap as hell. Reach out to random realtors and say, hey, listen, you know, I have a podcast. I'd love to talk to you. There is not a realtor in existence that will not come on your podcast. And what you're doing is you're creating content, which is awesome, that you could put out as a podcast. You could chop it up into pieces inexpensively and put it out as more content because I know you don't have enough content. I, I didn't look at your page, but I know you don't have enough content. And mm-hmm. Now you're building relationships with realtors who are going to love you because you're giving them a platform. So if you don't have a lot of time to go out and meet realtors, you need to be efficient with your time. So I would basically be hitting everybody and their mother up on social media all the time. I would start a podcast and I would do like a podcast a day for like 45 minutes and just meet realtors that way. If you can't get out of your house, you, you could have 45 minutes you could you could spare thirty to forty five minutes every day to do a quick podcast. Is that an accurate? Um,
5: yeah, absolutely
0: boom so you could do a thirty minute podcast or you could do an hour long with four realtors and you could do fifteen minute rapid sessions with them. You could do stuff like that, but there is not a realtor in existence that that won't want to do that um you also want to like try to get in touch with you know real good wholesalers and things like that. but if you're just talking about building a network, it's about meeting people and then really taking care of these people. Like when I do a deal with a realtor, bro, I make it the most fun thing ever. We make videos with them. We promote them. I do a sick job on the house. I write the description. I take the pictures for them. I put a lockbox on the door. I put extra keys in there for them. They literally don't have to do shit. They feel like it's the royal treatment and your average really good realtor is uh, maybe you'll get one or two cat piss smelling houses a year. You want to make sure that that experience is so pleasant for them that they only think of you, right? So you want to create the experience. You also want to make sure that you always relist at at least 4%. So each realtor gets 2%. You want to make sure that um, these people are making money. There's a lot of realtors that get screwed out of commissions by investors and it's a stupid, stupid move.
5: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um- so, I mean, if there's anything you want to talk about with the deals, I'm um, I'm I'd love to hear it cuz otherwise I'll just go into a, a different topic, but yeah, just um, So, this. let me just
0: drop some more deal knowledge for everybody on like sourcing deals. So, here's the thing. You can't just it's overwhelming at the beginning because there's so many different ways to get deals, but you can't just do one or two things because you just, you're not going to get deals. So, Outside of deals, you want to make sure that you're a diverse investor in the sense that if you want to just flip in one area, it's going to be difficult. You want to make sure that you're, you're versatile in the fact that you can flip. Ha- if you're flipping, you want to be able to flip all over Long Island. You want to be able to put dormers on houses. You want to be able to build new construction. This way, you have more deal flow, right? Um, when it comes to deals, there's a bunch of things. You could go to, obviously, auctions like we talked about with Praise. who's uh, That's his homework, right, Praise? so. Online auctions and in-person auctions. Okay. Very interesting thing. So you have that. We know that. Driving for dollars and cold calling. There's a bunch of free script tracing software around. You could spend an afternoon, throw the kids in the car and be like, yo, take your iPads or we're going on a hunt for you know shit houses. Let's go. Or you get on a bike, put the kid in the back. Now that it's nice, drive through neighborhoods looking for houses that are bordered up. Go back to your house. Free skip trace online. Find out who the people are. Call them up. Say, hey, listen, I w- drove by the house with my kid. We're looking for a house for the family. I see this is boarded up. Are you interested in selling the house? Very powerful thing. Boots on the ground. Networking. Biggest thing ever. Go out to events. Go to the RIA. Go to different events. Um, you know, Go to meetups. Now that things are opening up. Really big thing here. Super easy. Every time I meet somebody, I'm like, hey, my name is Charles and I'm like and I ask them about who they are, what they do, what their goals in life are, what are their dreams, and I figure out if there's anybody in my network and I actually really give a shit. So that's a, that's an important thing. I actually care about them and their success and then I try to hook them up with people in my network that can help them achieve their goals. And then I tell them about myself. Hey, my name's Charles. I'm a fix and flip investor. I'm looking to do 200 houses next year. I'm going to own a private equity fund in three years. You never know who you're talking to. Tell every person you meet what you do, ask what they do, and try to help them with what they're trying to achieve, right? Um, Social media, bro. Social media is massive. And I get deals through everything I'm telling you and more. Social media, you need to be on every platform, hitting people up on every platform, you know, making friends on there and posting content every single day as much as humanly possible. Don't worry about the production quality. Don't worry about the way you look. Don't worry about anything. Just start talking about relevant shit and it's going to work because the realtor you meet today need might really like you, but they have a busy life and they'll forget about you. But if you keep popping up on social media, or if you keep, you know, um, you know, hitting them up on social media or shooting them emails or whatever it is, you're going to be on the front of their mind. That's why I work because people just see me all the time. Um, constant contact or any kind of email blast server. When you meet these agents that you're, that you're going to put on your podcast, or when you go out to open houses and you meet the agents, take their information, put it into a constant contact email blast. Once a week or once every two weeks, don't do it to be spammy, but whenever you can, on a regular basis, send them an email about a house that you just did, or an interesting article you found, or a video from somebody else that you think could help them, whatever it is, stay top of mind. Um, you know. Then there's traditional stuff like TV and radio, direct mail. Direct mail works. It has a very low conversion rate, but it's a very predictable conversion rate. Um, Podcasting, like we just said, dude, podcasting is the cheapest, easiest, awesomest thing and uh, a way that you can build relationships and meet people that you would otherwise never have met before. Um, Building relationships with different wholesalers, other investors that have excess deal flow or that perhaps don't want to go to your area. There are guys that only buy in Suffolk. When they get a deal in Nassau, they call me and I take it. There are people that don't like to do new construction. They only like to flip. There are people that don't like to do rentals, so they call me. I literally haunt people's freaking dreams. It's it's really that simple. And like I said, it's a combination of all the things. You know, like somebody in my office makes a phone call to a guy who um, lost her, his mother about a year ago, and the you know the house is like they're looking to sell the house, it's an estate sale. They make that phone call, set it up. The guy hears about me, goes to YouTube watches my videos he's like i like this guy he's cool he's real it establishes credibility i come down and meet him we hit it off i make the offer bam rock and roll you know when i made the offer he was a little hesitant and then he's like you know what man i saw you on tv like three hours after you were here like you're funny as hell talking about cat piss i want to sell you my mom's house even though it doesn't smell like cat piss it's just it's this machine that's branding and you just have to do all of it now at the beginning it's really overwhelming. So what everybody here should do is make a list of everything I just said and more. Make a list of every marketing strategy out there, right? Then take three and get real granular with those three and then start to execute them. And then you're going to start to get deals. And then you could hire somebody to help you. And then you take another three and you keep working your way down until all of a sudden you have like a 40 Avenue, 40 Vertical Marketing Plan, 30 people working for you, and you're bringing in 100 houses a year.
5: Awesome. Um, All right. So I I was trying to switch over to uh, the towns. So pretty much they they seem like a nightmare to deal with.
0: They Um, are a fucking nightmare.
5: And ultimately, you know, for example, I'm looking at a deal or I was looking at a deal uh, in Massic Beach. And, you know, I was talking to Mike. At the end of the day, it was going to be like a six to eight month, uh, process from the time I bought it to the time I actually sold it. If you were to do everything legit and, you know, pull the permits, all that. Um, and just the numbers didn't make sense. Yep. However, you know, let's just say if I were to, you know, buy the thing today, started working on it and not that I'm going to do this, but just started working on it, flipped it in a matter of three to four months. You know, you can see the numbers making a lot more sense. Just, you don't know, have to pay the holding costs and everything, and the interest, all that stuff.
0: What town is the, the house stuff? in?
5: It was in a town of Brookhaven. Okay. Is a massive breach. So yeah.
0: the
2: question
5: is, like, I, what do you, you know, pull, what what is the gray area? Like, what do you pull permits on? What do you not pull permits on? I mean, I don't know if you can answer that.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. So, listen, I fucking hate permits, bro. I fucking hate them. They're 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 a nightmare. The only reason why I have Captain Permit is because I couldn't get my own shit done because I had architects disappearing with my money, never to be found again. So there's things here. There's certain townships where you can't fuck around. And then there's certain townships where you should roll the dice. But then there's caveats to that. So let me start at the beginning. If you're anywhere in Nassau County, you can't fuck around. You can't. Babylon, getting really tight. Islip, 50-50. Brookhaven, fuck it. Try to work without a permit. But very, very very, very important thing to know is this. You have to check the title reports when they come in for violations and things, because what happens is this. You go to work, you do all this work, you're done. You're like, yeah, didn't get busted. And then all of a sudden the title report comes back. What happens is you get away with it. And then the title report comes back and it says that there's a violation for something that requires the town to come in the house and do the inspection. When the town comes in, they're like, oh, you renovated this whole place. And you have a deck, a shed, an awning, and an extension that doesn't have a permit, and then they whack you for everything. So you got to be smart. Like When the title reports come in, when you buy them, you have to review them to make sure because attorneys aren't looking at them because they don't know what the hell they're looking at. And in certain cases, you could close this stuff out at the beginning. Like Let's say you had a violation for an illegal uh, second kitchen in the basement. You buy the house. You rip the kitchen out, you call up the town, they come down, they inspect, they remove the violation. Now go to work without permits, bro.
5: Okay. And you would see all that in your title report, Um, you know, when you buy it. it
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you, when title comes back before you buy it, you know, and then listen, there's certain times with, yo, money's money. So in certain places, like you have to get permits, you have to budget for it. In certain places, listen, bro, file the permit. Go to work, even if you don't have the permit. Fuck it. Go to work. Maybe if they see that you filed the permit, a lot of times they're like, they'll be cooler and they won't bust your balls as bad. That kind of stuff happens also. Sometimes they just shut you down. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do to make money.
5: Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess the last question I had was the, the ARV. So determining an ARV for a property. Um, I use PropStream. But I don't have access to the MLS. And getting back to that deal I was telling you about, I I, I determined an ARV a three sixty. Okay. Uh, just because a couple of um, you know blocks away there was a three two, this would be a three uh, two. They were similar. I think they're both Capes. Um, it was updated, pretty nice. Uh, however, um, if we were let's say to flip this thing and do it up really nice, I think it'd be worth more than three sixty, just because it might be a little nicer. Everything's brand new. And and I thought maybe, you know, you, you can get 380, 370, 380 for the property. Um, okay. Now, I didn't fact that into my, you know, evaluation because I just didn't have data to support that number. So I went 360 and the numbers didn't necessarily work. So I guess how do you determine, you know, uh, how do you adjust for things up and down um, when you're looking at comps?
0: All right. So comping out a house is as much an art as it is a science. There's very few people that are really, really gangster when it comes to this kind of stuff the first thing you need is access to information. So again, if you are not a realtor, you really need to get access to the MLS database because Stratus has a lot of information that is going to be really, really, really helpful. But it's not just that. When I'm comping out a house, I use you know, a map to see where it is because there's a lot of areas that are very pockety. And just because you're within a certain town, a certain school district, doesn't mean that like on this side of the tracks or on this side of this road, it's not grossly impacted. So I use, I will use like Zillow in certain cases. I'll use a map. I'll use all these things in conjunction. I'll use Stratus, um, the back end realtor database. I'll use geodata, geodata plus anybody can buy. Um, it's pretty inexpensive. And I'll use all those things. And you want to be looking at certain things like where the location is. Is it on a corner? Is it on a busy road? Um You know, things like that. How does it compare to the rest of the properties in the area? Square footage, basement, no basement. Is it in in a certain pocket that sells for more money or less money? And that's, that's the thing. I mean, typically there's a bunch of different ways to, to evaluate these things. There's certain people that say, Hey, listen, you take the median sales price of the same type of house and you add 5% for a renovated house. Um, for me, it's just a feeling. When I look at the data, I compare square footages. I get a feeling where the market is deductions. Let's talk about deductions for a second. I deduct for negative locations anywhere from let's say three to 25%, depending on the severity. And what do I mean by that? If you have a house on a busy road, if you have a house on a corner, if you have a house, you know, on a, on a, um, you know, next to a gas station, whatever it is, you have to look at the house and say, Hey. If a mint condition house on a nice block is selling for 400, if I'm on a corner, I'm going to have to deduct, let's say five to 10%, depending on the market, because everybody would much rather have a traditional backyard than a side yard. And the only people that buy corner properties are people from the city that don't realize it's a corner property or people that grew up on a corner property. If you're on a busy road, it might be a 10% or more deduction. If you're on a corner on a busy road, You know, instead of being normally 10% or 5%, maybe it's 15%. Those are the things that you kind of have to play with, but you really need access to information. You need time, um, playing around with this stuff to see where different stuff sold and you really need to look at a bunch of different mediums like Geodata, Zillow and, um, property shark and, um, Stratus. To really get enough data to to see, you know, what's this stuff really selling for.
5: Okay. And are there any resources you would recommend to um like to learn more about the comping process or, or just uh, what you were saying? No,
0: it's just kind of a feeling like you're going to let's say you're looking to, to compact oh, okay. this case. Sure. It has no, it has, you're gonna, you're gonna pull all the all right. Th- actually, here's another thing too. You wanna look at houses that are under contract, which is hard to do if you don't have stratus, right? So becoming a realtor to get access or getting access is really important. You want to look at houses that are under contract within the let uh, the last 90 days. Cause even though they're not closed, you can check the days on market and things like that. And you can get a feeling for like where the market's going. Um, and you want to check houses that have closed in the last 180 days, but the go forward for me has actually become more of a tell than what's happened in the past. So, um, you know that those things that you, you really want to look at if, if it's a three one ranch the three two ranch with a basement you're going to line up all the three two ranches with a basement you're going to see what the median sales price is if there's like you know eight or ten or more of them so it's a big enough uh sample size you're going to start comparing the condition of you know what they look like and what's selling at what number you're going to look at the days on market obviously the faster it sold you know, the, the hotter it was. You're going to look at the market in general to see how many houses are listed on the market, how many of them sold, what's the available inventory, what's the absorption rate, is there 30 days worth of product, six months worth of product, 12 months worth of product. You're going to compare the locations of, is it corners, is it busy roads? Um, and you're going to compare square footage. In the first time home buyer market, three to four bedrooms doesn't really, is not really a command a bigger difference in price. Unless you're in like certain communities where they're like renting out parts of the house. And that's another thing, you know, when you're building the house, are you setting it up for that particular area and that particular group of people that are looking to buy? So it's as much as art as it is a science, you need access to all that data and you need to spend time. Researching and seeing what sold, how long did it take? Why did this one sell for four sixty, and the one around the corner sell for four eighty? Is this one that sold for five fifty an outlier, or is there something really special about this property? Is the zoning different? Can they put horses there? Is it three hundred feet deep when everybody else's is a hundred feet deep? What is it?
5: Okay. So um, you- okay. No, I'm sorry. That no, that was about it. That was only question I had really. So. Um, oh.
0: All right. Well, um, that was about an hour and a half. I, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, I appreciate you doing this. Um, again, I want to hear from all you. As a matter of fact, what I would love to do if you guys are up for it and you seem to be people that are into video, 30 days from now, shoot me an email with a video uh, with an update, like you know questions and then also you know, what you learned and what you've done because I'd love to do a side-by-side and respond to it and post it on social media. A, I can give you more feedback. B, it's going to be really cool for me to hear how this hour and a half segment impacted you guys. And um, I'm always here for you guys as a resource, whatever you need.
5: Thank you, Charles. Appreciate it.
0: Guys. Thank you. Ebby. Thank you, Charles. And
5: thank you Grace, Charles.
0: Nikolai. Thank you. Keep killing it, man. Mosin. You're my guys. guy, man. Whatever you need. Thank Mike. you. Thank you, guys. Take Have care. a great one.
3: Bye. Bye. Uh, Thank you.
0: For. Bye-bye.